Hey y'all, this is Robert Harmon coming to you live right here from Crossroads Communications with my brother Richard. We are Crossroads gonna... Communications. Is that what I said? Crossroads. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's good. We are communicating right now. Yeah. Yeah, Crossroad Conversations. Yeah, okay. There, there we go. go. Crossroad Crossroads Communications. I don't know why I got communication. Because we are on communicating. My name. Yeah, that's it. We just communicated. Sorry, that just caught me off. That caught me off. Sorry, too, man. Bit. I totally interrupted you. Keep going. No, it's all right. We're rolling. <laughs> this is part of a podcast. It's uh, live. We're not even going to edit it. We're just going to leave right. it alone. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what they say. Today, we're going to be talking about Philippians 419, and Richard's going to tell us about it. We're going to talk about it. But the thing that uh, really got me down here, and we'll get into it a little bit later, is uh, 20% of Americans receive mental health treatment. And that stat was from the CDC. From the CDC. So it could be a little bit higher, but I don't think it would be less. I think it would be higher. I well, actually thought it would have been higher. I thought it would be at least 50 or 60 because, you know, you hear about mental health yeah. so much, you know. Yeah, I I was surprised that it was 20. I thought it would have been a little higher, but the point is, even if it's so 2 out of 10 Americans in 2020 right. received some type of mental health treatment. And, uh, that's, uh, According that's, to CDC. And I'm sure they get lots of stats from pharmaceutical companies and and insurance companies and stuff yeah i mean we've all known somebody with some mental illness and some of us think we might be just a little crazy but oh well yeah well the reason i I looked that up is because this passage is has a really a really popular verse and a great verse the one that says it says rejoice in the lord always Always. And then it goes on to say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let the request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to give instructions on how you ought to think. So really really, the passage has to do with um, giving your, your internal state and your mind, your mental state to the Lord. I certainly, with that statistic and talking about mental health, I, I do not want to make light of the reality that that um, many people uh, deal with with mental health um, uh, problems yeah and the struggles that they deal with I don't want to make light of that I just wanted to highlight the fact that it's super common it's very common for people to live with various forms of mental health whether it's anxiety depression do you know what they used to do back in the day I watched the thing on it was a while back on mental health. Now, this had to be in the 1800s or way back then, but they used to take a woman. Women's was the ones that had mental health really, really bad. I don't know why it was women or whatever, but they would take it, and they would drill some type hole in their head and keep them locked up. It's crazy. How how far we evolve with the mental health mm. stuff now. You think about what I'm fixing to say here. PTSD. Yeah, PTSD is a good a good example. Yeah, yeah it's serious. Back in the eighties yeah. or back in the seventies, you know, you would just hear people like say, suck it up, buttercup. You yeah. know, and you never you never really you never really talked about it. Same thing as 
I used to be a volunteer firefighter, and we've seen stuff, and I've seen stuff that'll blow your mind. I mean, and recently, a lot of the volunteer fire departments in your big cities now have got chaplains because they have a degree in two talking to you about mental health. You mm. know, so you know, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it, it's a big issue now. It's a big issue, and I, I'm grateful for all the awareness that we're 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 getting a, a, around mental health. I'm I'm grateful for the resources that are coming out, books that are coming out. Lots of people are talking about the importance of of emotional and mental well being and wholeness. Wholeness is a word that I like. Um, this word peace, when it says "in the peace of right. God which surpasses understanding," it has um, it can it has a in the biblical word. The biblical idea for this word peace, it has to do in the Old Testament and the New with the idea of wholeness or um, um, prosperity was one way you could you could translate it in the, the Greek. Um, yeah, I have it up right here. Oh no, that's that's a different one. Let me do a a word study here. You know, I've been uh I've been watching this uh thing on Lifetime when Wendy Williams she was a big uh, radio MC and she had a TV show and that is a crazy show I've been watching it and a lot of it's dealing with mental mental illness but the courts in New York and Wells Fargo uh, won't let her get her money They New York hired a guardianship to kind of watch over and I think they're making her crazy they're making her look. I mean, it just this show just blows my mind of how she's got tons and tons of money, but people's taking advantage of her and trying to basically just blame it on her mental illness and being sick. You know, it's 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 just blow my mind. Well, it is certainly a uh, and there's different type mental illnesses. Yeah. Too. Oh, there's yeah. So the reality is, we we all know there is there is mental health is a real thing that many people many people if not most people deal with and and here's the reality Jesus wants to offer us wholeness Je- Jesus wants to offer us healing and we will probably never be perfect right we'll, we'll probably never be arrive to this place where we never deal with it but until we get to heaven but Jesus wants to offer us wholeness and I, I wanted to uh, read this definition that I did a word study here on this word peace. I won't try to pronounce, but it go it's some some words that it could be translated into peace, prosperity, uh, oneness, quietness, rest, set at one again. So it's kind of this idea of just, I mean, think about Jesus. He came and he healed people. Right. He healed people that were broken. And I think that's what what Jesus wants to offer us wholeness and and specifically with our our mental struggles and our emotional struggles, Jesus wants to offer us wholeness and it, and that comes through prayer. So right here it says in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And by the way, rejoice in the Lord. Yes, rejoice Not your in circumstances. The Lord. So rejoice in the Lord. That's why you can rejoice always. And then it says, let your reasonableness, or it could be translated gentleness, be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious 
about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is writing here is, guys, and he, he was a lot, he, he was likely talking about persecution and um, relational struggles here in the church, but it can certainly be extended to anything that we face or any any anxiety that we deal with in our lives today. It says to pray um, in everything, every single thing, pray. Prayer and supplication. Supplication means asking God for things. So prayer is just talking to God in general. Um, supplication is asking God for specific things. If you have a worry, you have a need, you have a thing in your life, hey, take it to the Lord. And with thanksgiving, and that's another key to um, our relationship with God and our the wholeness that Jesus wants to give us is we, we rejoice in the Lord, we pray with thanksgiving. And, and I don't think that necessarily means some people say, some people pray in thanks in advance, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Um, but I think this, this pray with an attitude of thanksgiving for the Lord. And sometimes it's um, easy for me to think of what a word means by thinking of the opposite of it. So I guess the opposite of thanksgiving would be sort of a complaining spirit. So, um, you know, we can certainly complain to the Lord, and that's okay. Sometimes there's a need for that. But he's saying, hey, when we come to the Lord, let's come to Him with thankfulness. And I think that this is such a good, this is a remedy that Jesus and God gives us to live not anxiously. The Lord does not want us to live this, this anxious-filled life. He wants us to live this life of rejoicing, which means to be glad, this life of peace, this life of joy. He doesn't want us to be controlled by anxiety. And so what we have to do is we have to, in our lives, if, if, if I feel something that makes me feel anxious, hey, call it out. Call it out. Name it. Say, hey, that situation... I'm not saying call it out. Just maybe you journal about it. Maybe you just kind of talk to yourself about it. Hey, that situation right there made me feel anxious. That is an indicator that I need to pray about it. Yeah, but what if you pray and it don't get answered? Yeah, well, so he's not saying this text does not say he will answer every prayer according to what you want. Right. It does say, however, there's a promise of peace. And there's a promise, and, and there's a, a call to rejoice in the Lord. So, for instance, let's take Paul, who's writing this text here, this letter to the Philippian church. Paul was writing from prison. He was imprisoned. Our brother Tim the other day told us that he thinks Paul was probably um, at a, like on house arrest. Whatever the case is, Paul's definitely from in prison right now. So he's... He, and he thought he'd be freed, but but he's writing as a persecuted man from prison. Yet, he has this theme of rejoicing throughout his letter, which is awesome. So I think that, and then what, another, to, to, to the point of answering prayers, Jesus talked a lot about how God loves to answer your prayers. God loves to give you good gifts. Pray to the Father. He loves to bless you, like he loves to give you good things. I thought it was interesting that one of this word, one of the words that could be translated from the Greek word that we get peace here, another word it could be translated as prosperity. And I thought that was cool because 
God does want to give us, he wants to prosper us. He doesn't want us to um, merely survive. He wants us to thrive. And not, not necessarily according to like our American culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but he wants us to prosper as a person. Like, even if we are persecuted, if even if we're in prison for sharing the gospel, he wants us to prosper. And how do you prosper? What does that mean? I, well, I think what he's saying is if you if you have a life full let um a life free from anxiety, what a prosperous life. If you have a life of rejoicing, what a prosperous life. You know what I mean? Yep. And it says also there to bring your supplication to the Lord. So there's obviously things we're always going to need, and the Lord wants us to bring it to Him. And He wants to, He wants to bless us. I remember um, <laughs> last summer. This is this is a really good example of how God hears every prayer and cares about everything. My wife, Caitlin prayed to the Lord that we would be able to go to the beach. And the next day, and I didn't know she had prayed that prayer, but the next day I got a call from a church and they wanted me to come lead worship (laughs) for their camp at the beach. So we got to go minister at the beach and hang out at the beach for a few days. And it was just like, we just laughed at how like, how awesome that was and how much God really cares about like and how sweet it was that she's like, Lord, we you know That's we don't cool. necessarily That's have it in cool. our budget right now to go yeah. to the beach, but like I really would love to go to the beach this summer. He made a way. And so I just thought it was so cool. But let's flip the coin a minute. Yeah, flip it. Yeah. Go on the negative side. I don't I don't like negative. No, you're okay. Yeah. But what if you sat there and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and it's something you need and God don't answer it? I'm not saying for a girlfriend or I'm not saying I want to go take a trip, but it's something you really needed. Say mm-hmm. a financial need mm-hmm. or a uh, a health need. Yeah. And you pray, and you just keep praying, and you pray, and he don't answer. You start losing faith a little bit. I mean, nothing. I mean, it's just. I mean, and, um, is there really a God out there? You know, and you start you start getting negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. I'm glad you framed it like that because that's something at one point in our lives every every believer faces. That I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I've been, I'm, I'm sure I've been hit with it the last. Uh, probably two or three years was something I'm trying to do, and it ain't business related. It ain't health. It's just something that I want to get done, and I'm like, I pray about it every night. I pray about it every morning, you know, and I'm like, God, you know, I need this. This is what I need, but what's you know. What's the hold up here? I'm, I'm running short on time here, you know. So, yeah, and it's there's a couple of um, thoughts that come to mind. One is, you know, I'm just I'm just saying I'm speaking from reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I'm not mad at him. I'm just getting to a point where I'm getting aggravated, 
And I'm getting frustrated. Sure. Yeah. Well, number one, God can handle your frustration. You don't have to come to God all polished and right. quote-unquote positive right. all the time. I agree with you. Um, another thing I think about is when Paul, the Apostle Paul who's writing this letter, he faced all sorts of hardships. One of the things that he mentioned is that God gave him some sort of what he calls thorn in the flesh to um, keep him from becoming prideful of of the revelation that he's seen. And he begged God to take it away from him, but God wouldn't take it away from him. We don't know what if it was a if it was a mental health issue, if it was a physical infirmity, if it was health, if it was we have no idea what the thorn in the flesh was. But it was something that God gave him, God wouldn't take away right. to keep him humble. So um the reality is we have to understand as believers that we're not in heaven yet. We still live in a physical body, in a physical world. We're still going to struggle with all sorts of struggles. Right. In heaven, everything will be perfect. There's also a the reality that God loves you so much. He loves us so much that He refuses to let us stay where we are. And His goal for us is to form our character. Right. Into the image of Christ. Right. And if that means withholding something that we kind of suffer through, um, in order for us to learn the things that we need to learn and ultimately learn to depend on Him and learn to have intimacy with Him, um, it it's worth it. There are people... I remember I, I heard a story of this, this, this pastor in Mobile. This story brought me to tears, man, and... Um, it was probably 10 years ago I, I, I saw the story on Facebook. A pastor that I knew, I had um, led worship at this church one time before and had some friends at this church. This pastor, um, he was diagnosed with some sort of condition where he, he couldn't speak. Right. And so I don't know if it was neurological or what it, what it was, but he couldn't speak anymore. And it was, a, it was a sort of a dormant, I think, disease that kind of manifested and he couldn't speak anymore. However, when he it was the weirdest thing. It was crazy when he read the Bible publicly, he could speak. It was for real. It, like it was wow. And there was there was a video that I watched of it. And um he could speak. It's not that he was mute. He could speak, but it was very uh you couldn't under, you could hardly yeah, he, understand what he was saying. He, was he couldn't Yeah, he couldn't articulate very very good. And it was this disease that he had. And dude, it brought me to tears, man, because he, he this man and they had captions at the bottom of the screen so you could read what he right. was saying. It's hard to understand him. But he said he said that he would not trade this disease for anything else because of the intimacy that he's found with God because of it. So right. God God allowed him to experience this thorn in his flesh. But it's through the thorn in his flesh that he that he found intimacy with Christ. And I'm not trying to make a lot of your situation or anyone else's situation, right. but what I am saying is he doesn't promise to give us an easy life. He doesn't promise to right. take away all pain on this life. He does promise to take away all pain on the next life. But he promises us that his presence will be with us and that he will give us peace. I go back to chapter 3. We're in Philippians. And Paul, Paul had lost all sorts of physical things. Right. He said, I've counted the loss of all these things as rubbish. 
as garbage. Like I don't count them as anything. I've count them as a loss because of the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. And so I think as Christians, there's a lot that we don't know. For instance, why your situation hasn't been taken away or healed or or whatever. I just think it's what, but what not I do my know, time, it's his time. Sure. That's what, I think. what I do, I don't know why that, right? There's so many things we don't know. We don't know why suffering continues. We don't know why God doesn't heal us of this disease. Why we don't, don't know. God heal our nation right now? Because right. we're all hurting. You and, know? and why, there's a lot of things we don't know, but what we do know is that he has promised got a plan. us peace. He's got a plan. That's what it is. And we do know what his plan is, and his plan is for our holiness, our sanctification, and for the mission of of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to go forth into the world. So those are fantastic questions, and I'm not trying to be the the guru who knows how to answer them. I'm just saying, I'm just going from like, this is top of mind for what I think. It's... We just don't have all the answers. You know, you're you know? talking about that pastor. I had an aunt. Her name was Aunt. Her name was Janetta Jenright. Yeah. And when I talk about a true person for Christ, I mean, she lived it, breathed it, and ate it, slept it. She wanted to be a missionary. She wanted to go overseas. And I think she did. I don't remember. I'd have to find all this out. But she had to mention a nursing home, and she could read the Bible, preach it to you back and forth, sideways, up and down. <laughs> but I mean, she had dementia. Yeah. But you you asked her something about the Bible. Oh, that's awesome. Boom, she was on it. That's awesome, man. Well, um, hopefully that encourages you, and hopefully that encourages. I think it will encourage someone. Well, who's I mean, I'm just shooting realism on here, because, man. Because I mean, there's people out yeah. there not just like me, and I'm people not identify with that. Yes. Yeah, and, and they get they get a little teed off, and they get a little peed off. Yeah. Why, God? You know, well, I that's need it. You and know, also I'm in this situation. Please it, help me. It, it encourages us to cry out, come Lord Jesus, come fix it. Because when he ascends from the clouds and he comes back, but let me tell that's me, when he's going to make it all right. Let me tell you the right. flip script on it. Yeah. When he fixes it, we say thank you, and we keep rolling on, and we kind of lose that relationship a little bit with Jesus until it happens again. Yeah, I mean, perfect example. We've talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, the... The uh, the man who who had um, who was rich and yeah. he he had followed all the Old Testament law perfectly and he asked Jesus what he needed to be to do to be saved and Jesus said well you need to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and it said he walked away sad and then there was another place where Jesus um, made the statement that it's more difficult for a, a a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle obviously that's impossible jesus is making a point that the wealthier we are the the better we have it in this life actually the harder it is to come to him and so that is a it's sort of a contra it's a it's an interesting thought and and it's like what you're trying to say is when things go well we tend to shy away from the lord and that is that is definitely true it's almost always during the times of suffering or trials (laughs) or hard times in our life challenges where we do draw near to the Lord. And so I think that um, someone made the statement to me, I think I read it in a book recently, but that he loves us too much. And so he'll let us go through things that do break us because it's we need to go through that so that our character can be built and so that we can 
reach out and rely on him. You know, I've been uh, I'm a big fan of believing giving back and there's a guy I watch on TikTok and I would say him his name is Greatness and um Vanilla Ice, they do a lot of giving back in uh, their money and stuff to people. They do some crazy things with TikTok videos like one time they gave out they went in the mall and they tried to give out Bibles and it had, you know, it could have anywhere from a thousand to five hundred to two thousand dollars in it. Just see if they'd take the Bibles and bless them. And they always uh you know they're always giving giving money out and helping people. You know, something that makes me th- and it makes me sick to our st- and I I heard this this morning on the uh on a YouTube or it might have been a something off TikTok, I don't know, but uh the money that we spend in all these wars, sending all this money overseas, it's enough money we could take it and buy a homeless person a house, get people off the street, put food on them, put clothes on them, instead of sending all our money and stuff overseas and all these wars and stuff, we we never see. Other countries and other places, they take better care of their people than we do. Think about it. Well, we we know that we as Christians are called to take care of one another. So well, we are, but I mean, I mean, it's just so much more that can be done that's not being done. Yeah, you know, I mean, we all pay taxes. We're taxed to death, every single one of us, and they send it over here in these all these wars and all this stuff, you know. We never see a dime of it. Don't we can't say, hey, well, why can't we go help the veterans? Why can't we help the homeless? Why can't we feed people? You know what really make you know what really makes me mad is you see all the I don't know if you see it, I don't know if you watch people out there watch it on these TikTok videos, but all these grocery stores and all this food they throw in the dumpsters. I don't know if you ever seen that. Have you seen that? Mm mm. There was a guy that went to Walmart, went behind there. Three big dumpsters. I'm talking about them big, long dumpsters full of food they was throwing away. Why couldn't they, if they knew they was going to throw it away, why couldn't they call the uh, humane, you know, the, the food pantry and say, hey, we got all this food, come down here and get it, and give it to people that really need it. But they would rather just throw it away. Yeah. Well, there's nothing we can do to, you know, control. We can't control what other what other people do, but we certainly can control what but it's sad. what we do with our resources. It's and, sad. And as a Christian community, we ought to we ought to be taking care of others. And and I wanted to move on to the to the 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 last section of this um, this passage where it talks about essentially controlling your mind. Ooh. Yeah. So That's so I'll read it. Do. So it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he, he finishes, what you've learned and received and heard in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
uh that's just good i i um i wanted to say that um i think one one thing that i wanted to say this is not saying um robert you and i kind of talk about this idea of positivity here we kind of go back and forth on that sometimes and i think we need to be careful not to read this and think oh as christians we have to only think positive thoughts i think that is not what it's saying right it is saying we should we should think but let's just break this down a little bit and and sometimes it's helpful to me to think of the opposite to try to come up with an opposite word to it kind of helps me determine what is it saying so let's start with the first one whatever is true the opposite of true is false. Right. Okay, so we don't want to think false things. We don't want to think about, like, how often do we get something in our mind that's just not true? It's just false. We just start ruminating on this idea that's literally not even true. They they give false, you know, they give sure. false information. I mean, that's, they don't even tell the news right. anymore. Right, so... You never hear about... Think about things that you know. You never hear about the know. local man that, that, right. that saved the cat out of the tree or and don't walked work. the old lady across sure. the street. You never hear nothing about that on sure. the news. Sure, It's, uh, you know... So, so whatever is true, let's think about what we know is true. So if we know something is true, let's think about it. If it's false, don't don't uh, ruminate on it. Don't worry. We, most of the time, a lot of times, a lo- our worries and our ruminating anxieties are are around things that we've worked up in our minds that may or may not even be true. So let's think about things that are actually true. The next word is honorable. <coughs> so an, an honorable thing is something that's, you know, we want to honor one another. Right. We don't want to be dishonorable. So, so... So dishonorable would be, I guess, the opposite of honor. What's another word that would be sort of the opposite of honor? Reliable. Reliable. It's reliable to be honorable. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and that's a good that's a good synonym of of reliable. I don't know. You know, I mean, I just uh, you know, I was watching. Uh, you know, Doc. I don't know if y'all know Doctor Phil or not, but I was watching him today, and he went on the. Uh, he went on the view and they was trying to knock him down about some stuff. And I seen him later on that night on Fox TV and he was talking about they're trying to erase, you know, everything that we've done in the United States, the his, history and this and that or whatever. And he said, all you got to do is look at the facts. You can't change the facts. Facts are facts. Talking about history? No, I'm talking about like... Uh, you know the kids suffering during COVID and different different types stuffs with COVID and oh, okay. the view they was trying to change it, but he says, you know, he's a doctor and he said you can't ignore the facts. You know, yeah. facts are facts. Well, and that you goes know. back to truth, but make sure your fact actually is a fact. Right. Well, that's what he was yeah. saying. They was trying to change the narrative on the view. Yeah. Okay. And he said facts are facts. Yeah. You know, and they and was, it's dishonorable to change the narrative for someone. Right. And the, the dishonorable thing is to gossip and tell falsehood about other people. Right. You know. So he's saying he honor. was saying the worst thing that ever happened was COVID for the kids because the, oh, okay. the child abuse, you know, and the abuse at home. They school they felt safe and they was the ones. The kids wasn't getting sick. They was safe. I mean, you had to go watch it. And I mean, it was now it was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. On, on Fox, you know. 
on honorable. And again, I want to like put it, I want to put this all against this idea of positive thinking that I think we can fall into. So, well, I have to, I have to be nice all the time. I have to only think positive things. It's, I, I just want to f- sort of argue against that here. Um, so honorable, sometimes it's honorable to be confrontational, right? Even if you disagree with someone, you can still disagree and be honorable. In fact, confronting someone, for, say, so, let's say someone, let's say you and I are friends, Robert, and let's say I'm I'm not acting the way that I ought to act. Right. An honorable thing for you to do to me is to come and tell me in kindness, right? You, you don't and have to be mean to me about it, but tell you, me, tell me that I'm not acting tell me all, right. But it's going to hurt your feelings, you know. What and I'm so about? that's you're actually doing an honorable thing. Right. And and I wanted to argue against this idea that you have to be kind all the time or you have to always be nice. Like you have to always you can't say anything negative. You have to be positive all the time. You have to smile all the time. Honorable. Honorable sometimes means saying what's difficult. To the next word is just. Mm. Just is a word that means it's you know where we get our word justice, what's fair, what's righteous, what's right. Well, you know, there ain't there ain't no fairness. In the justice system anymore. It's, I mean, it's it's you know it, it's going by the way. I mean, everything everything you're talking about is what America was founded on and what Christianity was founded on. And there and there's certain people out there in this world that's trying to take it from us. And you know, but but God's got it all. That's right. Justice. Well, yeah. So just in the way that we operate in this world. Hey, in your business. In your operations with with in your relationships with other people, um, be just, man. Be be righteous. Be upright. Don't be don't have trickery. Don't be manipulative. Don't be shady. Don't be shady, right? So don't keep keep going. Whatever is pure. And again, this is your mind. He's right. saying, think about these things. Whatever is pure. Whatever is pure is um, obviously again for me the negative. The opposite of it is easier for me to kind of pinpoint what the the positive of it means you sound like, like my wife i tell so, her sometimes so pure being so negative we need positive. to we need to right yeah uh so pure we need to think pure things instead of impure things impure is easy because you know there's all sorts easy of way out there's a lot of impurity on the internet a lot of impurity on, on in um music on itunes spotify um i mean for instance i told um Amazon Music the other day to play a cleaning clean the house. I was cleaning my house. I said play a clean the house playlist. Every song on there was explicit, talking about things that I didn't want to hear about. And it's like it's indoctrinating. That's what it's, they're trying it's to do. Just, it's just it's everywhere, man. Impurity is everywhere. It's 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 like evil. To, it's like evils yeah. taking over. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of. I mean, you hate yeah. to put it like that, but so purity. We want to think pure thoughts. We don't want to fill our minds with impure thoughts. We want to think pure thoughts. So what would a pure, what would an example of a pure, a pure thought be? Um, I think a pure thought is um, when you're in a conversation with someone thinking about how you can encourage them or how you can serve them, like saying the words, Hey man, how can I, how can I serve you today? Or, Hey, can I hold the door for you today? Or, you know, can I help you grab your bags or, right. Um, you're sick, you know, making food for someone. I mean, those are just the kind of things that we need to think about. Whatever is lovely. I love that word, lovely. 
I think um, probably the best sunsets were. are lovely. Um, I think there are lovely moments. I think there was a, for instance, Sunday morning at church, we had a moment of prayer in our service, and people were all over the room on their knees and with hands raised, and some people were coming down to the front, knelt down, and it was just a lovely moment where people were all over the room praying. And, really, and, and a lot of moments in life are not lovely, um, but 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 some are. I mean, I, I had a lovely moment um, with my daughter. She's she doesn't stay still for long. Nope. But for like three seconds, we so we have this pier in our neighborhood. Of this we have a park in our neighborhood, and so it overlooks the Coosa River. It's in Wetumpka. And so if I look down to the right, I can see the bridge. And if I look to the left, I can see the sunset. And so it was just the most lovely picture. I mean, it was just such a lovely sunset picture. The sun was setting. The trees were in the background. And then the the Coosa River was just mirroring the sunset. It was just beautiful. And Marie actually like sat there with me for a second and watched it with me. Probably like five seconds. And then she ran off. But it was just such a lovely moment, you know. Just think about that, man. Um, whatever is commendable, commendable. Let's do it. What does that word mean? Commendable. 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 Let's see. Commendable, deserving of high regard or great approval. Yeah, just things that are things that are upright. Things that are, things that are commendable. We'll just use the word, um, things that are good. And then the next word, if there's anything, if there's any excellence, and um, in a little commentary I was reading about that word excellence, it probably has to do with because in the Greek society that word had to do with high virtue, high character. So probably he had to do, and all of these have to do with our character, but. It pro- this word probably had to do with like the highest possible character, man. Right. Think about how to have high character standards. You know how to have integrity. I think that's probably. But even in our in a, even in our um, um, I think when we we think the word in in a, um, American English excellence, at least me, I think of doing a job to its greatest potential, like doing it excellently. Right. But both. I mean, think of think of high things that are of high standard and. Um, things that are of high moral moral integrity. And finally, um, it says, man, practice these things, the God of peace will be with you. And um, I don't want to skip verse 2. I want to jump back up. We kind of skipped that at the top, but I just wanted to hit it real quick just to... I don't want to skip it because this is cool. It talks about women. Um, he encourages these women, Yodia and Syntyche, to agree in the Lord. Again, that... He uses it a lot, in the Lord. Agree. Don't just right. agree. Agree in the Lord. Um, and it says, Help these women who have labored side by side with me for the advance of the gospel, um, whose names are in the book of life, together with Clement. So I love, um, I wanted to point it out because it's in this text here, and um, they're, they're women. And there's a women who were serving with Paul in the advancement of the ministry. So I think that's significant. Um, there's been... The Bible makes clear that that um, women are um, of high value to the Lord, and, and I don't say I know that in our culture women are of high value. But the reason I say that is because historically, there's been a lot of um, 
mistreatment of women. And so I just love to point out right. here the fact that Paul is valuing these women. And he's, I don't know if maybe they're in a disagreement because he's encouraging them to agree. But either way, they are laboring with Paul in the gospel. But hey, great, great podcast. I want to I want to close it off here and oh, yeah. and this has been good man talking about our our inner peace of our our mind and our emotions and um to 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 take an action step um let's pray and train our mind not to dwell on on dishonorable things we don't want to we don't want to live in anxiety if you if you if you deal with anxiety on a regular basis that is normal and Amen. and but Jesus wants us to take it to him and he wants to give us peace. So let's practice this week when you have an anxious thought, anxious feeling, name it. Say, "Hey, I feel anxious right now about such and such." All right. right. Let it be a cue for you to pray and take it to the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today on on our another episode of Crossroads Cross Communications, communications and Conversations and um it's uh it's just our hope that that we can encourage you today in your your relationship with Jesus and um we'll be we'll take a break uh next week I'll be in New Orleans but the following week we'll catch up with you as we finish our Philippian study and uh we're we're talking about and praying and thinking through what we'll do next but it's going to be fun it's been a good Philippians study it's been really really transformative totally awesome. for me so God bless you guys We will catch up with you on this podcast in two weeks. All right.